Hello and welcome to the DFS underscore PhD show for today, the 16th of October. Remember, you're good enough, you're strong enough, and gosh darn it, somebody's got to win that money. And hey, might as well be us. Sometimes it's going to be us. I, I did pretty well yesterday. I'm up like uh, four or $500 total. Um, I guess just a double. Really, I should just play double ups and feel happy more often. But we're one catch away. So this isn't actually the one catch away lineup. This is one Saquon Barkley drive away. I did have Hyatt after the first half where I saw Hyatt playing more than I expected. I love it when this happens. Whenever I take first and second in a satellite, I only play like the 5X satellites. I'm trying to win $20 uh, tickets for today. So I got three. I'm going to play like 20 probably after today. But um, yeah, I had some amazing main slates yesterday. This is my best in the millionaire. I didn't understand why nobody was on Bilal Powell. Or it's not actually Bilal. Look, it was Brandon Powell. Uh, Bilal Powell. Belies that I'm a little bit older. I liked him back in the day. But um, Brandon Powell stepped up, was out there the whole time, just didn't get catch any important passes, so that was fun. Uh, but everything else, you, you probably knew if you were following the show that all of my plays panned out yesterday. So uh, as a result of all my plays panning out, I had a couple of amazing runs. This one, you guys know Kyron Williams was stopped on the one once also. So anyway, if Kyron Williams could do like his expected points there and get to 30, we would have had the nuts. And uh, this was in the 50 cent tournament. So I'm 150 maxing the 50 cent for the Saber Sim, like, uh, you know, the thing. And then, yeah, so it turns out that uh, um, I, I couldn't figure out how to spell this guy's name for so long, but one of the two chops last night uh, is is a fan. I'll, I'll put, put it that way. But anyway, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of his. So let me pull up his, uh, I just wanted to pull him up on the list. He was he's uh he had forty eight thousand average salary put in one hundred and fifty entries of which only two thirds of them had under five dudes. So this is a when you think about your bucket of lineups, this is not a fully like a, a super high risk bucket, right? Like super high risk would be like these guys on the very front page. This is a bucket that has that component. I mean, thirty one uniques, dude had a, had a chance to win all all of it, and we know one of his under fives actually hits. But those remaining fifty, that's where when you're doing. Either, I don't know what he's doing, but if you're doing contest sims or not, I've been thinking about doing it like this. So if you're building 150 lineups, don't build them all the same. Build 100 with my unique mode, right? And then change it and then go for like actual winning for 50 of them. You know what I mean? Because <clears throat> it's true if you use the same strategy for all 150, it would be bad if you won $8,000 in a day. But Generally speaking, it's not bad to win $8,000 in a day. And so we've got to think about the likelihood that a specific lineup wins. And in the background of all of our my talk about uniqueness, everybody's talking about uniqueness. And I mean, I'll get this on the background. I was talking about uniqueness a lot yesterday. As always, you should follow me on Twitter, DFS underscore PhD. I'm sure you do. How else did you find out about this video? So anyway, um, but we were on it right away. The, the exact, like, look at these these guys in first, 48000 is about their average salary for everybody. Everybody, know, like, the formula is easy enough. Um, and so it's fun to follow. I, I like following the uh, the hit-by-hit hit, um, of how things are going in the game. And, you know, when you get those two weird touchdowns for Hardy and Morris, that was extra fun. And I, I did have to needle Saber Sim on, on Quentin Morris because they had him at 15% owned. And as a result, I did not plug in Quentin Morris because he was a bad play if he was 15% owned. But if he's 2% owned, he was a good play because he's a tight end. You know how I feel about backup tight ends. They're going to be in the important situations. They're going to be on the goal line. They're always in play. However, hey, that's a good segue. 
we have a weird backup tight end situation today. This is the Chargers-Dallas Monday night football game. And you'll notice a lot of these are greens and red numbers. What I've done here, I'll let you know first. Yeah, don't look at the lineups. I still haven't done my final run or settings. My current settings, I think I'm going to go 46 to 48. I'm debating 46.5 to 48.5. There's just not a lot. I'm taking a lot of weird captains, so I don't think I have to leave that much money on the table to get different. I need to have this sorting by the right Saberson, though. Is it not sorting by the right Saberson over here? Oh, single game, of course. doesn't matter that much. They don't have separate Saber score for single game. Uh, okay, so I my rules, just to... So I have max two Chargers pass catchers and max one Chargers running back. Now, max one Chargers running back, you say, well, that's what I was planning to play anyway. Well, okay. So I I have a thesis about the Chargers running back, and it is that Eckler will be 10% limited coming back from injury. So I've nerfed him by 10% and given those touches to Kelly. Um, I've also given a touchdown to Kelly because in the circumstance where Kelly's getting there, let's just give him the whole vulture situation, right? Because why not? Um, basically, because in order to get any Kelly to show up in my lineups, I had to boost him to scoring a touchdown. Because if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's massively overpriced. But he's also 7.6%. And I just, I just, I'm morally opposed to not playing a guy who's 7.6% owned when I know he's going to be out there for a lot of the snaps. Now, granted, we got to go back to like the first game when Eckler was in. It's not a season sample. I know Eckler's been out. Trust me, I have him in best ball under a number of places. But they are going to split. It's a 50-50 split in this backfield. I don't think Eckler got hurt in game one. Yes, right. Yes, Joshua Kelly did flop in his absence. That's true. But that's what everybody's going to be reading. But also, I mean, I, I just don't think that you're going to, I think it's going to go 50-50 at best for Eckler. So that's why I've projected them to be 50-50, right? I've got that more or less that way. Yeah, 15 for Eckler, 12 for Kelly, because I'm not convinced it's going to be other than a 50-50 split. And I'm not convinced Kelly is bad. I've seen a a large enough sample to be convinced that like, especially as a change of pace back to Eckler's like, number one, Eckler's not a good grind it out every down back. And that's how they use him. And I really hate that. I really wish they would use him as like an explosive back as well. He, he's like, I don't know, if he was in Miami's offense, he would be in, insane. But instead, they're running him between the tackles. He's freaking, how big is Austin Eckler? Maybe I'm wrong, and he's just like a monstrous-sized dude. 200 pounds. He is a little bitty. Like, I know he's not quite getting picked up off the ground level, but running that guy between the tackles is, I mean, I guess maybe they think he's sneak between the legs or something. He's not that small. I don't, I don't understand what's going on there. Okay, so I've given you, right, my rules. I haven't said the crazy things I did. Yes, my crazy projection changes besides the Eckler and Kelly situation. Besides Eckler and Kelly, we have ridiculous touchdown variance for Donald Parham Jr. to talk about. So Saberson did great not projecting Donald Parham Jr. to get any touches because he's going to be that backup tight end, and he is now priced as, like, way more than a backup tight end. Yeah, at 2,200, we cannot have Donald Parham Jr. on the off chance he scores a touchdown, especially at 9.5%. This is punishable. These are people who are chasing box scores. I think Saberson's right to project it that way, but let's look at it. I mean, and he's good. This is not not me saying Donald Parham Jr. is not good. He is extremely good. He's probably better than Everett at this stage in his career. I'll give him that. He should probably be their number one 
tight end and definitely should be a tight end one somewhere. So getting all that out of the way, this is not Donald Parham Jr. hate. It is to say that he has more touchdowns through as many routes and snaps or games played, whatever you want, as any player ever has. He is as ripe for regression on touchdowns as any person in the entire history of fantasy sports. So given that that's the case, I'm going to bet on it. I'm going to bet on Gerald Everett catching the pass instead, because I think given that he's caught a touchdown like all the time, he's out there for, I guess he's out there for more snaps this season. 44% is more than I thought it was, but he's still out there in that tight end two blocking capacity. Well, Everett's big too. I, I need to look at routes and stuff before I make my absolute final call on whether or not Parham's in or out. But for me, and given the ownership situation where I can get Everett at 15% ownership and Parham is 10% ownership as the tight end two, clear tight end two, just because he's got all the touchdown variants. Yeah, I'm backing up the truck in what almost definitely will be the most painful way I am backing up the truck to Gerald Everett tonight. I'm going to have double him in flex, way more than double him everywhere else. Right, I didn't finish. I got so into my Gerald Everett rant. Other, I also boosted Holbert and Schoonmaker based on their snaps expected. Uh, they're, I just, they're going to be out there. I don't, unless I don't see anybody who came back for, yeah, I don't see any new people. So they're just, they're out there so much, you got to project them. Dowdle, I wanted to project more, but he's not out there enough. Deuce, the same. Dowdle and Deuce are appropriately um, sandbagged in, uh, what's it called, as in Sabersim, as I have it here. So I didn't change them. Now, as a result of, oh yeah, and you can see what I did here with, so with Palmer, Johnston, and Everett, I made them all the same. And I made them all whatever Palmer's projection was, because I thought it's high. And I don't think Palmer's projection... They basically had Palmer eat up all of the Mike Williams, and it's just not how it's going to be in this offense long-term. I mean, it is how it has been. <laughs> I'll give you that. So I, I think long-term it's a toss-up, so I made them all the same and said choose two. And I, I did include in the choose two Keenan Allen, but Keenan Allen is the first option. So in the case where you choose two of these guys, I still don't think either one of them gets that far, and I think that it's not – basically, I think Keenan Allen still gets like 10 and you know splits with them, right? Like there's no – it's very unlikely to me that you get a full shutout of Keenan Allen, right? So I am 40%, so hopefully 60% of my lineups, maybe it's probably 50. I don't know what I got for captain. Yeah, let's go over Keenan Allen now, I guess. Yeah, so I got 9% captain. Yeah, 50% Keenan Allen. Great. Coin flip whether or not he's optimal. Sounds right. Because, I mean, coin flip, if Herbert gets it there. 73% Herbert plus in the captain. I don't do quarterbacks captain. I just don't do it. For non-rushing quarterbacks, maybe Fields, maybe Hurts. I think that the ones that do get there in captain are getting there with a rushing touchdown, and so it's the guys who are going to rush in who you should put in the gap. <laughs> anyway, generally, I think that both of these quarterbacks will be outscored by their pass catchers in the case where their passing attack is optimal. Therefore, I only have included the pass catchers in my captain pool. Do something else if you want. I mean, like that's just that's obviously wrong. I mean, you know, the, the quarterbacks are optimal more than that. It's just the problem is, where are they coming in? Herbert, 12%. Uh, Prescott, 11%. Yeah, that's fine. I just, I'm not getting different doing that. You know what I mean? Like, I want my captain move to be one that, like, when the guy scores a touchdown, I know I've got the freaking fast lane to points, to money. You know, like, that's what I did when I, any game I've ever played fantasy. It doesn't, just fantasy sports, like, 
five years ago, there was a free game in the MLB playoffs. And what I would do is for the leadoff batter, I would choose home run because you got like freaking 20,000 to one odds or some dumb thing. Then if you had a home run, you're in the freaking driver's seat and you just choose the most likely thing the rest of the game. I won $3,000 when Jock Peterson hit a leadoff home run in game three or something. So that's what I do. I play very, very aggressive. And if it works out, you win the top prize. If it doesn't, you win a bunch of last place. <laughs> so you guys already know how that goes. Um, yeah, you do the salary restriction thing, right? What is that actually doing? The very last person, you're choosing a non-optimal person on purpose, right? So just make clear what you're doing. You're definitely taking the hard road. There's a reason why people are not choosing these lamps, why they're unique. It's not that they don't want to be a millionaire too. We all want to be a millionaire. They just don't think it's going to happen. And and I, I believe there's a 0.1% chance because I already did it and I haven't played that much. So I, I won like $100,000 and then 20 or 30,000 more on game two. Depending on how you count it, I don't know how to count that tournament of champions ticket that's still like 25% of my net income for the year. I don't know how it's going to count on my taxes. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. It'll be a fun year. But okay. Um, as a result of all that rambling and setting of projections, yeah, I think this is great. I think Gerald Everett, if he truly is 1.4% owned at captain, is the most ridiculous. Uh, and I, by the way, I have this set to be 150 lineups. You guys know I don't actually play 150 maxing. It's just that i become surprisingly popular among MME people. I think there aren't people talking to you guys. Like you guys are all just like having a weird siloed fight with each other or something. And I don't know if that really benefits DraftKings or you guys each other. Yeah. I think we are. I don't know. I think in DFS in general, there's not very many problem gamblers at all. And that's why the field feels very sharp. It's because the only thing that could happen is a guy like, falls asleep at the wheel for like 30 minutes and you get like 10% leverage. That's the best thing you're going to get at the stage in the game. Uh, and that's what we got last night with Kincaid, right? I mean, Kincaid was out and why would anybody have been waiting for that news? Did it seem like it was going to impact the slate? Yes. If you were paying attention, you had like five moves ready to go for that. But how many, how many people you think are waiting on backup tight end for the Buffalo bills news? You got, that's, that's where you get the edge these days. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Thank you, by the way, for watching my video this far. That means you are seeking such edge and you are one of the noble people. Uh, speaking of, we're up to like more than 100 subscribers now. Cheers, guys. That's extremely edifying. And uh, yeah, too bad Lana couldn't join us for the show. Picture of baby Lana. She was making a big fuss. I thought she was going to get on my shoulders, but it's great. And it makes me like, it's been really fun because like I was telling my wife the other day, the thing I do at night with like the showdown and like I, I post the uniques. I was doing that for myself on game one of the finals when I won all that money. That's why I know it's fun. Like game one of the finals, when I won like $100,000, I was celebrating in the first quarter before Haywood Highsmith stepped on the court, guys. That's what, it, that's a nut. That's a nut job. I mean, like the reason I was celebrating is because I was number four or five on my little list, right? Like on the list of uniques, I was popping, man. I had done, I, that was my only night of the year I had a chance, right? Because I had 97 or whatever it is shots because I'd stored them up like a little like a little squirrel, but I've been practicing. And the fact that I made it to the top 20 with only 97 shots, I was like, rah, rah, rah. And it, the fact that Haywood Highsmith then went out and made me the money is dope. But the main thing is to do, to it, and the reason I, I post the list and want you all to get excited and happy about that is that's the real important thing. <clears throat> Whether or not Haywood Highsmith hits all his garbage time threes and I wind up winning first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh, who cares? What's important is that when it happens, whatever random Haywood Highsmith moment happens, it happens only to you. And you're like, boom, boom, boom. Now, granted, only to you, I won like 100,000 in a millionaire. So you have to decide what only to you threshold matters for a slate. I have been doing it in terms of like, I want a condo or something. And so I want a condo amount of money at one time. And then I realized that's not how you win a condo amount of money. You win a condo amount of money in 
I'm not sure what is the most likely way, but by maximizing your ROI. And sometimes maximizing your ROI means taking a bundle of lineups that are 5x lineups, but are really likely. Like if you want, if you think a lineup's like a 0.5% lineup and it's heavily duped like a hundred times, I'm not going to talk you out of that. 0.5% is a lot. That's five times. So the, the number of times more likely you think a lineup is to hit is how many more dupes than usual you should allow it, right? Because what you're trying to do is maximize your long-term share of first. Long-term share of first. And granted, that that be a big share is important. But anyway, so I've been trying to figure out, are these mid-dupe mid people duping me by being over-focused on the top? Did I get lucky too often right at the beginning? I don't, I don't think so. So anyway, I remain committed to the strategy, but I did want to let you guys know, you know, what we're doing when we leave salary on the table is we're choosing that Gerald Everett makes that catch that he hasn't made all year, right? He has not made an important catch all year long. That's why he is projected for a garbage amount of points. For a tight end one who's definitely going to be on the field more than half the snaps running routes on them, he is projected for less than I can remember. Let's look on the slate compared to Jake Ferguson, who is good, who is good. But if you ask an average man on the street about tight ends, is he going to get to Jake Ferguson in the top 15 to 20 tight ends he talks about? No. Jake Ferguson, and this is captain's, right? This is captain's points. So Jake Ferguson is like 10. And we're projecting Gerald Everett to be like 60% of a Jake Ferguson. 70% of Jake Ferguson. I just think that sentiment has traveled way too far on Gerald Everett. And thus, this is the Gerald Everett show, I guess. Man, I really hate it when it's one guy's show. But it's either him, Quinton Johnson at 2% with Mike Williams out. What are we doing, guys? What are we doing? Got to be wrong. Honestly, I, I might just change it. I don't believe it. I think it's going to be three or four percent probably now because you guys watch the show. Because like, who was it the other day? Somebody I was I was touting did get the two percent. I was like, hmm, not sure if that rando would be at two percent if I hadn't talked about it. I am glad to have you guys, but I have to start taking myself into account when I talk about my like the numbers. So there there is a way to do that, right? You can plot if you wanted to take a sample. They update the projections throughout the day, so you can take a little plot every hour or so and see what the projection ownership is, and then you can fit a best fit, fit line or an exponential or whatever you want to do as long as there hasn't been news and assume that people in the last 10 minutes make the same choices they did earlier. But that's a lot of work to get almost no nut, so I'm definitely not doing that, but just explaining how it could be done um, and how you could, for instance, yesterday that would have helped you not think that that backup tight end was 15% because he was 0% until Kincaid was out. And so you would have had to have 15% where he would have been if everybody had perfect information. But you forgot to account for 85% of people never hear that Kincaid news, don't care, right? You know, like if you give them another hour and a half, maybe like a, a push notification gets to them or something. But anyway, so that's something I got to figure out. ETR was too far one way. Saberson was too far the other way. Don't know. And that it's obviously just the, their reaction to news. Sabersim overreacting and ETR underreacting in this case. I don't know if that's generalizable. You guys, if you are on one of those platforms for the long term, let me know if you think that's true. But Quentin Johnson in games, Mike Williams has been out, which I guess they've had a bye week in there. So we got one game. So eh, hate being on a one game sample size. But in that one game, Darius Davis got the touchdown. Quentin Johnson got all of the snaps. 50% 50 of the snaps. I mean, is Darius Davis in this pool? Probably should know that by now. I think he got hurt bad. kind of remember him getting hurt bad. Mm, 0.7. Well, at least he isn't hurt bad. It, well, let me check if he's questionable. I, I really thought he got hurt bad. Well, well, I'm glad. I'm glad he's okay. I thought he took a really bad hit. I can vaguely remember. 
And I had the, I had a guy who benefited based on that. So, but yeah, but anyway, I, I don't think there is a credible case for placing Joshua Palmer as confidently better than either Everett or Quinton Johnston in this offense. The fact that he is going to be running more high value routes doesn't matter to me. Like he's less likely to catch the balls that come to him because they're going to be harder, right? So the overall average or whatever, long-term, I think I definitely favor lower owned Quentin John, lower owned and lower priced Quentin Johnson and um, Gerald Everett. And I'm probably not getting to very much else now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Let me look at this by leverage just so I can help you guys. This won't be my final set, but the leverages will be about right. Yes. I'm going to be way, way, way overweight. And this means I have 57% probably ish. We know 123. So at least 23% double quarterbacks. I probably going to make that higher. Yeah. I want it to be at least 50% double quarterbacks. Double quarterbacks is a very, no, 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 no. A very common thing, but you don't, oh, it's 24% optimal. Have it 24% of the time. I have it currently 24% of the time, man. They ever said good at some of this stuff. You got to let it run, man. I guess I got to take my hand off the wheel sometimes. For instance, yeah, I love, I love all these overweights, overweight, Herbert, Prescott, Lamb, Tolbert, Kelly, Everett, Quentin Johnson, Tony Pollard, Schoonmaker, Allen, basically anybody I buffed, I'm going to be overweight on. And everybody that I have nerfed Austin Eckler, I'm going to be underweight on. So that makes sense. Yeah, Eckler coming back from injury, majorly overowned here, I think, at his price. Because he's priced from before injury, right? Yeah, well, top of the slate. He could get there. Don't get me wrong. Definitely, you see I have 10% there. I probably have a certain amount of Eckler captain, I would imagine. Yeah, 10%. So I have 20% Eckler. I have 10% captain Eckler. I could still get there with an Eckler, Eckler captain lineup. It's not, I don't want you guys to be all mad. That's definitely something that I'm open to since I have an MME show. And some single entry people may watch this and they may do the wrong thing and be mad at me. So... Hopefully we're not mad. Um, and hopefully we have more people. Yeah. I mean, somebody's going to win every night, guys. It's night. It's a real million dollars. And we only got like one more week of this. You know, it feels like at the beginning of every season, if you're new, it feels like they're going to have these all the time. They've had them maybe a Thursday even, right? It was a Thursday millionaire last week. So now they have a Monday one. They're jamming it. That's what's happening. Like they know that basketball's coming. Basketball's coming a week from tomorrow. And when basketball's here, we don't get these anymore. So enjoy them while they last. I'm going to do, I'm going to call the the fun um, horse race while it lasts, but can't win a million dollars on a showdown until the Super Bowl after next week, guys. So let's let's get it. And uh, remember, you're good enough. You're strong enough. And gosh darn it, somebody's got to win that money. And hey, congrats to the guys from yesterday. Who it was? Dean Edzelski, who is, uh, what was it? Den Den on Twitter. Just make sure I actually get the correct one. Yeah, Den Den tweets on Twitter. So congrats. And yeah, have a good one. Let's uh, let's all be millionaires tonight. Let's chop it. Uh, what do you think? Ten ways? Not, not too crazy.